welcome to Use Your Words Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about something that's happened recently in the scientific community. Uh, recently, scientists have confirmed that they've been able to grow successfully a monkey-human hybrid. In 2017, they also grew a pig-human hybrid as well. What are the ethical questions, both from Christianity as well as from non-Christian sides? Let's take a look at that. He was stroking my leg with his foot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, started, I just like pulled out of the pants and I just like ripped him. Because <laughs> it's like pop, 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 pop. So now I ripped my pants while recording a podcast. All right. The things never end. <laughs> nope. Aaron, I'm glad you are holding your head in shame at listening to that. It means you're growing as a person. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to another episode of User Words Podcast. I am Paul, once again joined by Aaron Johnson. And he is he was literally cradling his head in his hands at Ooh. listening to that, just the cringe coming back to him. <laughs> I was I immediately thought of that. What was that? The one gif that Andy sent with the dude had head in his hands and he looked up hopeless for to find that gif. Yeah, that's yep. Yeah, exactly. It's going through my mind. <laughs> well, oh. Aaron, you are not hopeless. <laughs> not but, yet. Not anyway, yet. Anyways, welcome to another episode of User Words Podcast. Welcome to May 2021, where we are celebrating 15 days of slow spread in so many different ways. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I say that just as the fact that we're a year plus now into. Well, we're over a year, like a year, three months now, two months. I can do math into pandemic life. Yeah. And things are maybe finally starting to get back to normal. Who knows? And right as things are starting to get back to normal, you know, then we start hearing about all these crazy scientific experiments happening uh, across the world. We have the the people, the, the I almost said the, 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 the scientists over in Israel that they said they were successfully able to grow uh, a mouse fetus up to halfway of its full uh, term. They, you know, they aborted it before it came to full term, but they were able to grow it inside of an artificial uh, womb, like outside of the human, outside of the human body, the mouse body. The mouse body. <laughs> the mouse body, like essentially like in a plastic bottle. And this was the first time they were able to successfully grow an uh, uh, animal fetus to like half term outside of a actual body. So they're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Well, at the same time, you then have a combined uh, Chinese uh, U.S. based science team that said, hey, you know what? We successfully grew uh, a monkey human hybrid. Congratulations. And we grew it to 14 days. Now, this follows hot on the heels of 2017, where they were growing a, a hybrid chimera pig human hybrid as well in um in the lab environment as well and doing this recently has brought up a bunch of i guess you could say moral questions as well as scientists saying hey maybe we should be allowed to grow these embryos in petri dishes longer than 14 days now that we can actually grow them up for 14 days let's see how long we can get this to go exactly 
So, because the reason I, I, that that's happening is there are laws on the books in multiple countries. I think there's about 12 countries around the world that have this. It's also kind of just as a, a scientific, uh, ethical practice as well, that when you're growing an embryo in a Petri dish, you can only grow it up to 14 days. Um, there, there is a 14-day rule and law here in the U.S., as well as the U.K., Australia, uh, New Zealand, to name a couple other countries, where you cannot grow an embryo in the Petri dish more than those two weeks, regardless of if it's a you know, human. Uh, primarily, they wrote it for human, but if it's a human hybrid, it still follows under that rule. Now, if it's like a mouse only or like, you know, something like that, like an animal, that there's different rules for that. And that, you know, and that can still happen. It's not a it can't happen type deal. Uh, but you have that going on. Um, and people are starting to go, well, now that we can keep a, a, an embryo alive for 14 days, you, they're like, imagine what we could learn if we could keep it alive for 28 days and i'm like oh this is just gonna kick the can down the road of let's yeah. let's go from 28 days to 56 days to full term let's just yeah uh let it be born and see what happens and it, see what we can teach it and it's not like chimeras are uh rare i guess you could say and i say that because they have now it's rare in breeds that are and yes i'm saying human as an animal breed here but (laughs) it's rare in breeds that are not exactly like the closest together and people go but monkeys and humans are so close yeah if you look at the total number of genealogy components yes we're going to be real close but we're still real far away from a monkey um but that being said we're close enough for medical things tend to work the same between you know, the, the two of us. Right. But they do also have like uh, chimera research where they have created a chimera m- mouse rat. <laughs> so it's, 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 a, it's a mouse that was injected with rat stem cells and grew up and it, it has characteristics of both mice and rat in it. And so you have all that going on too. Kind of wondered. I always just figured a rat was a bigger version of a mouse. I no, think there'd be much difference between them. Yeah, but they're pretty close. You know, they're they're, they're not like human monkey. No, that, yeah, or that's a lot human farther. pig. Yeah, that yeah, it's a lot farther. All the other thing I knew about like pigs and stuff like that, as far as it came to being related with humans, is wouldn't they use like pig skin for certain surgeries for people? Oh yeah, yeah, that's. The only thing I ever knew. Yeah, especially if you have like a, a bad burn and you need some skin immediately, um, they will use that. They'll graft Pig that skin. on until your skin is able to grow back and everything. Yeah, uh, but you know, but That's now the they're but I now that what they're trying to do is what they're doing is with these chimeras is the hope. Here's the hope, and here's where Peta's going to get on board. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, that was that was that's kind of like one of the first things that. Popped in my mind about like, where's PETA at for all this kind of stuff. Oh, I'm sure they're going to get on board real quick. So what they were looking to do with chimeras is essentially grow an animal with human organs in it to then harvest the organs from the animal. So essentially their, their plan is to grow an animal to harvest it 
Okay, and let's be fair. We grow cows, we grow chickens, we grow fish to harvest them for food. Okay. Yeah. And PETA's all up in arms, up in arms about that. About but that and, sure. and okay, I get it. At least PETA's being consistent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they haven't made a, a stink about this yet. And I say yet because I have a feeling they will eventually well, at some point. I think, well, how long has this all been going on? Not that long. Not that long? It, it's been okay. something that they have been researching for a while. Yeah. Again, 2017 was the first time they were successfully able to get a uh, pig and human. Yep, going Which, and they terminated the fetus before it came to term. Yes, I remember. I remember you, you uh, wasn't it Heather and I were talking about this. I mean, we talked about it for a little while or whatever upstairs yeah. when we first heard of well, when you heard about brought it up, whatever. And uh, that did bring up a lot of interesting questions as to far as well. I mean, one, you know. I guess when you get in the whole moral side, especially for like Christianity's side of stuff, it's like we're trying to create some new, I guess you could almost say species to a point, but it's not because it's still human, but it's part big. I don't know. Well, yeah, it would be almost a new species in a way, a new type. But again, they're not like trying to make this new uh, species, this new Breed pigmen for yeah they're not trying to make pigmen <laughs> to walk around and kill you. We're making a real, a real life Minecraft. Yeah, thing. they're not doing that. <laughs> what they're trying to do is they're trying to grow. Uh, you know, hey, we're going to grow that pig so that Johnny can have a liver. Yeah. So I guess and that's where I was as you started talking about that. So it was going to be a pig body, or like what? So they're 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 going on multiple ways, but the way that they're trying to go is a like an animal body so in this case a yes, pig body pig. or um in this other case it was a uh, a monkey body that they were starting to grow with human uh insides essentially or, yeah they, they were using human genomes to create human organs on the inside how do they do this stuff they're manipulating the dna <laughs> on multiple uh, levels it, it, it's a little bit i don't have all the information on that because Jeez Louise, I am not a DNA scientist. I will admit that fully outright. But they are a DNA scientist. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. Um, don't But so what they're doing is they're essentially they're they're growing in this case, but let's go back to the the pig and the monkey one. They're growing the monkey body and then they're injecting essentially human stem cells into it to kind of manipulate it to then grow the human organs inside of it. And it's been a varying success. You know, when they were doing the monkey one, they did uh, 20 embryos, they said. Okay. And of those 20 embryos, only like, in the end, only four of them still had traces of human genomes in them. So we're about to have like a Planet of the Apes someday? Well, thankfully, they terminated all 20 of those. <laughs> that we know of. Because, no. um, I mean, would they... <sighs> If they're putting human DNA stuff into it, I mean, how much like this would they be if we actually let them grow, you know, I guess to term or whatever? It depends on how much they're manipulating them and and that. <sighs> you know, if they're, again, what they're trying to do is try to get them just to grow the organs. Yeah. So if they're just growing the organs, you know, it's going to be like, oh, look, it's a pig in body and brain and everything, but it has a human heart, it has human lungs it has human right 
which I, I, I'm kind of curious as to how much how different we are compared to the other animals then as far as hearts and like some of the insides go because I always kind of figured we'd all be sort of similar at some point and we're we're similar but, in in a lot of respects I mean, yeah. we're similar enough where scientists are able to uh, do medical tests and when I say medical tests like test out drugs and that on certain animals because yeah. they're very analogous to how humans react from right. Them. Now, the, you couldn't practice necessarily open heart surgery on, like, let's say, a rat, a rat heart or anything like that. But, and then but, but, be, but when yeah. you do like biology classes, um, did you ever do biology class in high school where you had to dissect the pig and dissect the cat and dissect the frog and the worm? We the the biggest one I ever did was a pig. Okay, but so it, obviously you you've seen it. Said, yeah, it's close to what a human in, right. internal. It's not going to be a hundred percent. No. Well, and that's why I just wonder: is, is it just on a smaller scale for a lot of the stuff? Or I mean, I guess because I mean I know for cows they have what like four stomachs and stuff like they have a whole weird inside playing field that they've got going on. Right. Sorry for the background noise. The uh, Hispanic church is playing upstairs. So. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was about to be some hard rock going on in here for a second. Anyways, go on. Um, I guess, you know, at the time when we first started talking about that, and I, gosh, what? So that was, wow, that's only 2017? That they the first, pig and, that was and, the first pig in human embryo. Hybrid. That is what the literally like the first thing that came to my mind was some sort of like pigment form, like creature being created. Because I wasn't, sure. I was like, are they are they using like human, like, I, I guess, I guess we would be human embryos or whatever for this, and then they're like inserting pig stuff or what? I that's where I didn't I didn't know. I guess completely what was going. No, on. it it, did, it was non-human organism so pig yeah and the human cells were introduced into it because i could well, I, I would imagine if people were like using like like human embryos that would be in a rage and that would not go well at least i would hope right but for some of them scientists out there i'm sure they'd be all about it which i don't like the thought of that but uh, so I, I, I don't know yeah, so weird. so again the main reason that they're doing this for is that they want to try to do something you know for organs because as they note on this article here from the national from the national from national geographic every 10 minutes a person is added to a waiting list for organ transplants and that's probably a lot more than people that are have a donor sticker that you know are available at the moment probably either that or okay let's say half the population has donor stickers right yeah. you still have to wait for them to die or uh, unless it's a, like a kidney or something yeah, like that, that where they're willing give. to give it up but like yeah. let's say it's your heart Aaron or you know let's say you had a donor sticker yeah uh, I don't know if you do I'm, or not I think so okay I that's fine uh, but you know you would a lot of your organs you'd have to wait for you to die in order for them to be of to use. use yeah and then and then even at that yeah okay I do have a donor sticker um uh, at that point too, then even you have to, they have to be de- determined useful to a point yeah. as well. Yeah. If you died with rabies, they can't use them can't because use them they will stuff. give rabies to the other people and kill them. Yeah. So, and I, yeah, I wonder how many people, cause when I, when I, when I was, fill, you know, fill, filling out the information for license or whatever, and I asked you that question about being, wanting to be a donor or not. At first, when I when I first read that, I was like, "Shoot, 
I was like, so like <laughs> my uninformed mind was like, does that mean like if I get in an accident or something, like they can just like take my stuff? But I was just an idiot and didn't know any better. Yeah. And obviously that is not the case. I have to be dead or it has to be something I can live without. Yep. Um so let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you know how many people die every day due to waiting for or organs? Oh, no. Waiting for it? Oh, no. Yeah. So, like I said, every so 10 minutes a person is added to the waiting list for organs, transplants. How yeah. many people die every day waiting for an organ? Oof. And this is just and in the, worldwide U- or, okay, the U.S. Which there's, what, there's like 400 some million people in the U.S.? Uh... I'm going to say, I don't know, because I feel like 100,000 is a ton of people. I said per day. Yeah, that's a lot of people per day. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. I'm thinking year. Um, a day, I don't know, 200 people. I'm glad I don't live in your world. Uh, oh, is that still a ton? Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess, well, yeah, how many would, gosh, 200 people a day for 365 days. Yeah. How much would that be? That's quite a bit. Yeah. 22, pe- 22 yeah, people a day. 22 people a day. Well, I'm glad that is the case. Well, no, not totally. You're glad compared that to it's my, that low compared, compared to, to my what your guess, number was. Yes. Yes, I understand. Yes, I know you understand me, but okay, so that's about 8,000 people a year. Yep. Wow. That's, yeah, that's not as much as I, I would expect. But then, wow, I wonder what, what, what those cases are as far as what they need that causes them to die. I mean, I'm guessing heart. Being a big one, maybe. I don't know. Is there, does it say what's the biggest one that people are waiting for? That no, it doesn't. Oh, that's sad. Uh, so I guess I can see how that could be a good thing to. Yeah, no, I, and, and I and I get that. It's just, it, it makes me a little, it makes me question a few things morally on it. Right. Because if we're introducing human cells so and, guess, and human genes into an yeah. animal. Because, I mean, to a sense, <laughs> what's that song? You, you, uh, you and me are nothing but mammals. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. That's that. a very um, so that's non-Christian worldview of that. No, yes. I, I, I know. I know. Um, but I guess thinking about it in the, in the way of I do, to get the human aspect into it, I mean, it's not like you need to like have a... I mean, what, do you need a dead baby for that, or what do you need for that? I mean, couldn't an adult just donate stuff for them to be able to do that, or does that have to be something from, like, an unborn so baby? De- or Depends on how they do it. If they're using some stem cells, well, there's a couple ways they can get stem cells. Yeah. Um, again, none of them necessarily involve having to abort a fetus. Okay. Now, they could do that, abort fetus to get some, but it, right. it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Okay. Um, so that's the primary way right now that they're doing is, is is doing the stem cell treatment essentially in in the in the body of the animal while it's still in the fetus embryo fetus stage. Yeah. The other way is they do something what they call CRISPR, uh, which is where they do gene manipulation. And so, oh, okay. an example where they did uh, gene manipulation of some mice, uh, which they they did that and they added in rat stem cells. What happened is the mice then actually grew organs that weren't even native to mice. So mice 
don't have gallbladders. Mice don't have them. But because they introduced the rat stem cells, all of a sudden they grew gallbladders in those mice. What the heck? Um, Because they're part, you know, mice, part rat. Again, it's not like it's coming from an aborted fetus. So, no. So, yeah. I guess that that would be my main concern as to as far as getting the human element in there. How are they going about doing that? Yeah, and and there's a couple of ways they can do it. Yeah, you know, now it's like some of those cells that they could introduce. You know, they are talking about different ways they can introduce those cells. You know, right now they're doing it mostly through stem cell and CRISPR, that method. But but again, it's a very early on in their research. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that that's how they're going to do it going. Uh, going forward right because again like i said they just created that first wonderful uh batch of baby monkey monkey human yeah and they those are the maki monkeys specifically is what they grew i don't know what kind of monkey that is i don't know how Uh, they're crab eating monkeys crab eating monkeys yeah so they're the monkey fetuses that they introduced into that they introduced the humans into, and that those are the ones that only at the end of the fourteen days, only a few still had human components to them. Yeah, but the fact that there were human components in the yeah. monkeys was, mm, yay, interesting. Yeah, I remember. Oh, what was one? I'm trying to think of one of our part of our conversation when we had the whole pig thing going on. Well, part of the conversation is okay, let's say that came to term, right? Yeah. Are does it have a soul? That's exactly what I was gonna ask. And I I would say no, I think. As of right now. Yeah, I don't know. I would say no. And see, that's where it gets a little a little you know, fuzzy for me, and I know in our conversation that we had back then, we kind of came up with probably not, yeah, because you know we we were going back to it was actually something that Pastor Dave taught on that day where I was talking about how you have to be born of water and of the spirit and all that, and, and we were also talking about some other things going on, and we're like, huh, it makes sense that no, they probably wouldn't have a soul, but you know that that's you know where you're growing it to where it's an animal pig body where it just has a hu- some human organs. Yeah. What if he did a true hybrid where the he, the pig came out and um 10 months later it looked up at you and goes, "Daddy." <laughs> I feel a little bit creeped out about that. Um yeah, that would be a little freaky. Uh I guess I would st- I would still say doesn't have his I would still say it doesn't have a soul if it's between human and animal. I would still say no. And I could see that causing some interesting conversations in the Christian church yeah. over. Because, I mean, it's like you, you look at, I mean, they've been able to train animals and make them smart. I mean, if you're going to throw the human element in there, there's one thing. I'd bet- imagine it would make them smarter. But There's one thing between being able to train the animal and make them smart. And one to just develop that. And it's well, as I say, it's a whole different thing when an animal has a conscience, um, and, and the and so the and they're sentient. When all of a sudden, you, when all of a sudden you have a a very like sentient, self aware creature that is able to talk and communicate and and show emotion and everything, 
And people go, oh, but my dog shows emotion. Yeah, my dog is going to get angry or sad, but it's not able to communicate it the, in the most frequent way. And it's not exact, and people are going to get upset with this. Um, dogs, yes, they're sentient, but they're not intelligent like humans are in any way. People go, oh, but my dog is so smart. Trust me, I know dogs are smart. They're not the smartest things in the world. All right. <sighs> and then you have the whole concept of humanity was made from the ground and then God breathed in, mm-hmm. gave breath to humanity. That's where we get our soul. That's where we get, because it says humanity was made in the image of God. Uh-huh. What starts happening when you start combining that image of God with an animal? <laughs> do we bring that image with us? No. Or do we leave it just in the humanity? Wait, what do you mean do we bring it with us or do we? Like you have a half animal, half human. Does that half human have the, you know, bring the soul concept with? Uh, At that point, I would say no, mainly because it's, it's using something that, you know, um, well, granted everything, I guess, speaking of being made in the image of God and some animals weren't. Here's how I would answer this, Aaron. Okay. Could you reproduce with a rat naturally? No. Okay. Then it's probably... It's That's a, not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So because the fact that we kind of jam ourselves into it... Yeah. Doesn't, it's not going to give it a soul. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... So as far as that goes, yeah, that would be my thought on that. Is it still right to do? Eh. I don't. I guess I'm not comfortable with the thought of it. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Because um, I, I guess I like. I think. And I don't know. I would say animals are smart for sure. Oh yeah, I'm not disagreeing. They can learn. Now, can they learn to the you know abilities that we can? I would say no. If we ever have a rocket scientist monkey, I'm in trouble. Right. I say I don't think. Now, granted, I'm afraid. Of <laughs> just the overall, uh, gosh, and I'm including myself in this, but like just like how smart humanity is as a whole now, anyways. Like we're still getting smarter, but there's a whole lot of still. I would say there's kind of a lot that aren't kind of on that bandwagon of getting smarter, and <laughs> me being one. Um. I guess, and I guess it depends on what you're, I guess, trying to get smart about. And that's a different thing, too, because, like, everybody can, you know, work on their own things and develop, you know, just knowledge on individual things. It's just what's, what are people actually, like, putting time into? Because, um, like, me, like, obviously, yeah, I am no scientist by any means. I I enjoyed science class. I enjoyed biology and, like, and that when I was in high school, like that was really exciting for whatever reason. I don't know why you liked cutting into the pigs. Didn't you? No, I did not like that. <laughs> okay. So you're, not, not, you're not the new Dexter. Got it. No, no. It, I, yeah, I did not enjoy that. Pro- it's the, th- the things I've dissected where it was the pig, it was a frog. Well, one was like an owl pellet. That was nothing. Um, the, oh, the weird one was, was, a uh, uh, pig eye. That was, that, that one made me cringe. Cause I was thinking about my own eye every time. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and, and as you notice, when you're dissecting the pig eye, 
it was pretty probably pretty close to what a human eye would be. So there's was, and there are some things that are very analogous in uh, yeah. other animals to humans, which is why we use a lot of them for right. research and testing and learning and experimentation. Right. Now I do wonder though, because I remember I don't know I was looking I was probably like the nature's metal thing or whatever, but it was showing different eyes from different animals and stuff like that. And the differences there are for each individual one. And it was insane to see how different the eye is for you know, obviously for like creatures that live underwater. And then there's like goats versus you know, I mean, um well, there's goats, which I mean they showed a ton of different there's the yeah. dog, the cat, whatever. Like they just showed a very close up high definition like image of the eye. And the differences just among all of the animals and creatures is insane so i mean it's i guess i look at it you know if you put like a human aspect in the thing i was like could that even make it worse for the animal you know to like if it, if it's just like the animal and it like right. grows up to be an animal and it's got human characteristics to it or whatever i was like it's that going to be worse for them because i mean you know being of the mind of having a creator he created each of them for their own specific purposes. And then here so we come along and be like, ooh, let's play. Let's, yeah, let's throw some things in the mix here and see what happens. So I feel like is I feel like that shit would be doing more damage than good. So what you're saying is reality is not Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> or we shouldn't be playing around with everything. Yeah. No. So we have all this going on, right? And this made me think of something else that kind of, I guess... And I mentioned it earlier. Human embryos can be played upon, grown and played with in a petri dish for up to 14 days. Yeah. That, a human embryo. Uh, just a pure human, human embryo. Human embryo. And, you know, and that's, that's part of this where they have to do this research as well, you know, with all this. is then right. They're researching human embryos as well. And I'm like, that, that doesn't sit too well with me. Yeah, when you start, I guess, as far as experimenting on human embryos, I'm one. I guess I'm kind of surprised that's allowed because um, I mean, at the, I mean, it is a living thing, right? Is it not? Well, let's go into how various people define things. Um, you have the very pro-choice movement, which says it's a clump of cells and not well, a living yeah. thing until it's birth. out of the birth canal. Then yeah. it's a human. Yeah. No. But then you also have you know Christians, a pro-life movement, who say. As soon as it's fertilized, it's a life. Yeah. Which, at that point, if it's an embryo, that's it's that's, that's where it doesn't person. sit well with me. Is it's yeah. like that's a that's a uh, that's a human being that was created, and now just uses a science experiment. Uses a science experiment fourteen days. Yes, thankfully because it's just a clump of cell. This sounds like I'm going into the pro-choice side, yeah. but I'm not. Okay, so. Let, this was a question you asked earlier before we recorded. Yeah. Um, you asked what the difference was between an embryo and a, a fetus. fetus. So in scientific terminology, there actually is a distinction between the two. Okay. So an embryo is the first nine weeks. Now, what, what that means is, uh, what they, they, they essentially say is that it's, um, essentially think of it it's as the, the, <laughs> the foundation the yeah. framework of the baby. Yeah. You know, you, you 
that's what it is. Um, the embryo, so that's what that is. It's um, the, the important systems of the body yeah. are formed during that time. Right. Uh, the fetal period, which is after nine weeks, that's more about growth and development. So it can right. survive outside the, uh, in the outside world. So well, in that embryo stage, it's growing the essential organs that you need to even survive. To survive. So while it's while the child's you know systems might not all be there like visually, they're they're growing, they're starting to develop, they're starting yeah. to grow, and everything. And you're experimenting on a human, which yeah, just I'm surprised that's legal. <laughs> yeah, that's well, yeah, I I agree. I I can't believe that's a thing. Um, especially since uh, well, no, I guess I can see why it's a thing. Right, but, it, 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 and it's a thing is because they they're trying to figure out how to grow essentially people. You always hear that term "test tube baby," you know. Yeah. You heard uh, for I, which is a horrible term for people who go through IVF, and that's that's a bad term. It's not a test tube baby. No, they're actually trying to help people who can't have a child but want a child, and maybe they're having yeah. some trouble. As we've talked about, we've had some we're having some population problems in the world, essentially, right. <laughs> with certain people, right. and. Those people who were like, I want a child, but I can't, you know, IVF is a way to artificially impregnate, impregnate, you know, and, um, and hopefully help them have a child. You know, they're, 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 you know, they're obviously, they're taking the sperm of the egg outside of the body, they're fertilizing it, and then they're implement, implanting it, not implementing it, (laughs) they're implanting it uh, after, you know, the time of like, okay, you're ovulating, okay, it's now time to implant it, it's now time to do these, take these drugs, hopefully get it to you know embed inside the uterine wall and then grow into a full child full to term i believe i have a relative that has done this um and i don't think it's been successful for them yeah it's not always successful yeah and there there is still a chance of failure even doing it this way you know in this control way because the body still has its own thing that it does, and the body can do whatever it wants to do sometimes. Right. But it, so I understand why people are, are doing research because, you know, we probably wouldn't have figured out how to do stuff like that unless, you know, we tried. Now, here, you know, if you go, well, you can't do any experimentation on embryonic things, okay? Then how would they develop the IVF treatments? Because right. there would be a chance of them losing the embryo then. So yeah. I understand that, and it's hard for me to reconcile that. I will admit that, and I want to read more into how I can reconcile that, right? To allow for that, and I'm trying to be consistent. I'm, I'm trying. Uh-huh. I, I'm trying to be where I understand why they use a, you know, would want to be able to do the research for IVF treatments and stuff like that. But at the same time, just research for research to know that you're going to destroy the in the end. I yeah. don't sit well. That doesn't sit well with me. No. I, because uh, yeah, as far as like abortion goes, I mean, overall, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh-uh, not good. Um, and we've talked about how there are some times where, in the past, I think, and Josh might have been around at the time, where we've talked about where abortion might become one of the only choices. You know, you're going to put the mother's life in danger if they carry this to yeah, you know, the baby. To and at that time, it's. Uh, them you know it's that family choice right you know uh you know i'm not going to say over here well if the mother's in danger they have to get an abortion at that point it's no. yeah it's still the mother's choice it's yeah. still you know her her partner's her husband's choice 
you know, they got to decide together what they're going to do with mm-hmm. them and the doctor and be well-informed. Yeah. But if it's, uh, well, it's just inconvenient, it's inconvenience then I have less. Yeah. I have less where I'm like, well, do whatever you want. It's more like, really, it's an inconvenience than yeah. maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't be having sex like that. Well, it's, and then obviously the other case that's brought up is what if it's a rape case? Yeah, and there are no. there are edge cases like that. Yeah. In edge cases like that, you know, mother's life at stake, uh, rape case, all that sort of stuff. Those need to be handled independently from the main from stuff. Just oh well, we you know we were thought we were being safe, but then I end up getting pregnant. But I don't want a baby though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, and, and I say this as someone obviously who. Has never been put in that position no, of yeah. having to abort a child oh, or anything. No, yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that someone who goes and says, I'm going to abort a child is an evil person who's mindless and emotionless. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it affects them it afterwards. Uh, there are multiple people online who have posted, you know, their stories about, you know, what happens after they have an abortion, have an abortion, you know, and some of the, uh, detrimental mental effects it had. Of course, then you also have on the other side people who go shout your abortion um, and yeah. think that that's a rallying cry of freedom somehow. Yeah. Which I I don't get that one, but whatever no. they can do, whatever they want with that. That's yeah. the beautifulness of America. You are yeah. free to yeah. do that. I may disagree with you on it, but you are still free to do it, and you may disagree with me, and I'm still free to do what I what you want, what I want to do. Um, the one thing. I guess, and again, like I said, I I don't, you know, I'm I'm not in one for abortion, but the I guess the one way I do look at it is, um, for those that, and I know there's different like views as far as religions go or whatever, but I always kind of figured, you know, I mean, as you know, a baby, you can't make really a decision for yourself. You're dependent on you know, the mom and stuff like that care for you, keep you alive, feed you, do all that stuff. It's like not like you really make (laughs) logical decisions or whatever as a baby. But so as where I'm getting with this is, you know, for, for those that are aborted, I mean, it's, I guess as far as I'm concerned, I, I, or currently believe is that, I mean, they go to heaven. Because it's not like they've had that chance to learn one about like Christ and stuff like that and make that decision of making a life mm-hmm. choice to follow him. It's just a baby that's just never had the chance to grow. So I would, and I know I've, I think, you know, one of my teachers from back in the day, um, they believe like, you know, that God would know the future of the baby had they lived or kind of thing, and then known whether or not they would have given their life to Christ or not. So at that point, it's like either some go to heaven, some go to hell kind of thing. I'm just like, hmm. Yeah, that's a whole I can't free will versus predetermination per, yeah. uh, conversation, yeah, which just, yeah, I know there's those various arguments out there. Yeah, but I'm, I think I fall more under the uh, free will section and just think that aborted babies go to heaven. 
which helps me feel a little bit better about it, but I still not, not that I like it. But uh, so, so that's where I hope I guess when we're talking about the embryos that are getting experimented on, if they like, you know, being in our minds, as far as I'm concerned, is being a life at that point, it's just another one hopefully going to heaven, but still ah experimenting on embryos is interesting yeah so now the one good thing i will say about it uh about them experimenting at the you know 14 days is two weeks you know yeah that's still well before embryos uh nervous systems have developed feel pain at least so the, yeah. so that, there is that good point yeah. so uh embryos fetuses they develop uh, the ability to feel pain at about 20 weeks. That was something I was thinking about bringing up too, was apparently there was a video made of an abortion and it was, you know, they're taking the baby out. Now, I guess I'm imagining it wasn't dead at this point, but I thought they like kind of like titled it the silent scream or kind of thing. Cause apparently it was looking like it was trying to scream. I'm imagining because of being in pain. Yeah. From an abortion, but that video has not really shown. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that because I was like, well, at what point do they feel pain? And then I imagine once you're giving birth to a full grown baby, I mean, it feels something. Yeah. So about 20 weeks is when it starts to <sighs> feel pain. Uh, which, is, abuse. which is five months about into yeah. the nine month period. And how far is abortion allowed? Well, so that's there, there's various laws in various places. So you have things like late-term abortions, and some places allow up to. It's rare. I'll 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 I'll, I'll put that out. You know, because yeah. people are always going, "Oh, so many late-term abortions." It's rare that you can find this place to allow you like a few days before birth. birth. Uh, most are within the first two trimesters. It's real easy to find an abortion. Uh, in the third trimester and later, it's harder in most areas, but it's right. still possible. Right. <sighs> so going back to the, you know, the whole monkey embryo thing, I wanted to say the chimeras, you know, you know, I, I look at it and I have some questions from the Christian worldview on it. But even the even scientists who are in this field you know, are, are starting to raise some questions, some moral questions on this. Okay. And they're starting to say, at what point it, are we going too far? You know, because let's say they make a, a chimera monkey, right? And this chimera monkey, in his scenario, he's like, well, he's like, we can make chimera monkeys that have human sperm and eggs. What happens if a chimera monkey mates with another chimera monkey? And then you have a human embryo growing inside a monkey. That could be interesting. That could be deadly for either the embryo or the monkey itself. What happens if someone takes this monkey and brings it to full term then, and it has an intelligence where it is a, because even from the non-Christian side of things, from the pure scientific, they're asking the question of what happens if we give this monkey human-like intelligence and human-like will and human-like ability to communicate and think? Oof. What then? Planet of the Apes, man. That's what's happening. Ugh. No, that'd be hard to actually happen. But ooh. It will it be hard to happen? I mean, I would imagine. 
I would imagine, yes, for it to get that far where they would have that many numbers to overtake. You know, yep. civilization, and then, and then, as far as laws go, should be regulated as just an animal, or should be regulated as human, <laughs> or should be regulated as a hybrid. <laughs> and then, how do you do that when it comes to stuff like transportation? I mean, if places give robots a right, if that was if a, the monkey, human, chimera, whatever became a normal a thing, people are going to give it rights. As a human would have rights, I already know it. And then the last question I have for myself, if we do give an animal, because we start injecting human DNA, uh, you know, through various cells uh, into monkeys and that, or pigs, and it has that intelligence, you know, it's born, has that intelligence as a side effect, right? Is it ethical then to kill it for, to harvest its organs? Ooh, ooh, <laughs> because now we're not talking about just a animal that we're there to cook and eat. Right. We're now talking about a, a sentient intelligence. See, if people, it's funny seeing, I'm sorry, it is, I don't know, to me it's kind of funny to see how people get so sensitive about, you know, animals being killed for food, I mean, like cows. Now, and I, for the places that, like, literally, I guess, do, like, basically abuse an animal to kill it, that's messed up. But, uh, as I guess as far as, I don't know, just killing a cow to have it for food, like, people, knowing that people are super against that, because it's like, oh, it's just a cow, like, oh. Can you know save itself, whatever? And I was like, well, no, it can't. <laughs> it's just to make food. Um, I don't know. I find that kind of stuff funny. But if people are that sensitive about an animal that a cow, like if these things became a thing, they would be all up in arms about that. Mm-hmm. They would not want it to be used for just its organs or whatever because it's got a voice and it's got feelings and all that kind of stuff. It, uh, I don't think it's okay for us to play God <laughs> and trying to create things like that. I don't think it's okay. But I'm sure there's probably some people that are Christians, or at least say they're Christians, that have a defense for it. Do I personally know one yet? No. Not yet. Maybe I do know one. They just, that conversation has never been brought up. As <laughs> I so say, and there, there's probably not a lot of people yet paying attention to the fact that this no. is something happening. Right. Uh, no, I, I bet I could talk to a lot of my, some of my church friends and they'd been like, what? <laughs> this is happening? Yes. It was funny when I, I had brought up the whole thing about the, uh, the testosterone levels going down. They're like, what? Like that was mind blowing to them. So yeah, there's weird stuff happening out there that none of us know about. And I feel like to some point, like, I I don't know. Sometimes I wish I wouldn't know about things that I have learned about. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like it's a good thing to kind of learn about some of these things. Because then, I mean, if you don't know anything, if you don't know about it, you can't have an argument against it or for it, really. But it's like. For some people, some people are just like, oh, you know, God's going to take care of everything, whatever. La-di-da. 
don't have to worry about them. Like, I feel like we should we should be involved in yeah. different areas, you know, of the world. It's like we shouldn't just read our Bible and leave it at that and not get involved in any other things. It's like no, we, we should have a knowledge of what's happening in the world to you know be able to talk about it. Yeah, and just because we know about it and just because we keep up informed doesn't mean we have to agree with it. Doesn't no. mean we have to go, yes, this is the way, you know, that there's this is the way. I wasn't going for that, but I know. <laughs> it was it's interesting seeing the, the 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 two different variations of the Christian culture. Somewhere it's like the head in the sand ostrich where it's like I don't need to know anything about it. I just need to know this. And you have the other side of like, hey, you don't have to participate in it, but you should know about what's going on. You know, keeping your head in the sand is not going to help you in the future. No. And and then you have some people in the middle that are just like, yeah, whatever. Don't care either way. Yeah. And it's interesting just watching these things go on. Um, and I, I feel like I keep coming back to that book, 1984. Yeah. Um, not 1984, uh, not this one. Uh, Brave New World. That's what this one is. This one was before 1984. Um, but this, in this one, in Brave New World, they grow people, embryos, and artificial wombs until they are born. And then they're able to manipulate all the, all the embryos, all the, the growing fetuses with various nutritions and various chemicals to make them the ideal person for their society. And it's like, oof. So on one side, we have this research happening, and it's like, oh, good, we're going to be able to grow organs and pigs and monkeys and da-da-da. On the other side, we can control the world population yeah. <laughs> to, go to grow the human exactly as we want them. <laughs> Being, in, I guess, still in, in the time of a pandemic, I was thinking, like, you know, what if we you know, we're creating these things or whatever. But then what if we end up creating something deadly for the human race as a part of these experiments? Kind of, I, well, granted, I don't know. I don't know how Corona happened. I don't know how it happened. Whatever. The, the, what, the only thing I remember was something about it was from a bat. Yeah, that's what the leading theory is. Yeah. But then I've heard that's not true. And it's that's what I else. said. That's the leading, leading theory. theory. Yeah, they're, they're still researching where Corona came, came from. from. So uh, I was just like, but I can, what if we created some other deadly thing in the process of doing all this experimentation with this stuff? I, I don't think we'll create an, uh, necessarily a disease, but we might create a new species of humanity that could one day replace us. We'll be no more. Yeah. We'll be uh, removed from the earth by crab-eating monkey humans. <laughs> I don't know. I think we'll be taken away. If, if it comes to the point of either there being humans being taken over by crab-eating monkey things or Christ coming back and doing his thing, I'm, I'm going to imagine Christ is going to come first. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of these conversations about... You know, hey, you know, human, human chimera hybrids, you know, that, that leads back to a lot of the CRISPR conversation that we had about should we be editing our DNA to begin with? Now, I get it while sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, look, this child is going to be born with Down syndrome and we could do this to maybe correct some of it. 
Should we though? You know, is is that something we should be doing? You know, the emotional heartstrings of a parent would say yes because they want to give their child the best possible life, and I get that. Wait, what was the question then again? I'm having a Gatorade Toy Story moment. I think I guess the question was: Should we use CRISPR? Yeah. To oh, okay. That's genes. yeah. Okay. That's all right. That's I'm, no. All right. I'm still with you on that. <laughs> I was thinking, I was for a reason, my mind went to either getting rid of a kid with Down syndrome or not. Well, the, the, that's it, you would be with CRISPR. You would be getting well, avoiding the, that happening. Potentially. Like I said, the question is, you know, should, what, should the parent be allowed to edit that out? And I, like I said, I understand because. You know, you at that point, the, the heartstring of the parent is, I want my child to have the best possible life, and this is yeah. going to be a hindrance and all that. And you look at such uh, revered scientific uh, shows like Star Trek, and mm-hmm. they had essentially, in, in, their, in their timeline, in the 2020s, so now, <laughs> yeah. uh, they had, I think it was called the Eugenics War. Essentially, what it was is were these gene edited people who tried to take over the planet, and essentially they the whole world went to war with them and locked them away and then shot them out in space and froze them. Um, and, and then after that, because of that, they essentially outlawed on the Earth gene editing. Huh. You know, and then so you couldn't, and only in the most dire circumstances, like to prevent like death of a child. You know, before I was born, would they be allowed to have the genes? Otherwise, you're born how you're born. It is what it is. And I find it funny that we're doing that and we're looking at CRISPR and we're not taking hedons and and all that from these other shows are saying, hey, look, here's the, you know, obviously they didn't know everything about it, but they're talking about this back in the 60s. Wow. They were talking about doing these things. What happens wow. if we're allowed to manipulate the genes of people? What happens and what's that going to do to society as a whole? And what are the kind of consequences of that going to be? Huh. Wow. It's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, man, I'd almost hate to, because uh, uh, I, again, you know, when you talk about, you know, every parent wants the best life for their kid or whatever. So if there's like, if they knew they were going to have a kid with Down syndrome or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be more so on the side of not manipulating those genes to try and make them something else. And I'm saying this fully recognizing that both of us are not parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So no, we don't I'm have not. experience with that. So, you know, we no. say that now. I Well, I guess the reason I do say that, though, is, well, I mean, looking at, you know, in, interacting with people that have Down syndrome or some kind of mental you know, you know, uh, illness or whatever it may be. It's, uh, I've really like enjoyed interacting with those people. I guess I know, um, just even back at, uh, one of the churches I went to, I mean, they had, they had some people with like down syndrome and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're the most, well, one, like, I guess you could say talkative to a point. Well, some of them are, not all of them are all the time, Um, but they're the most like affectionate people. And it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like sometimes (laughs) at times it's like, I wish we would all be like that in a ways where it's like, they all like, 
I don't know, seem to have more of a love and care for each other than your average human does. Because mm-hmm. it just naturally comes out of them. And that's like something that's so cool to see. And it's, I mean, you could say it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, they have a childish sort of behavior to them in a sense, as, but in a good way. You know, because you're talking about like having faith like a child in the Bible, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like we're supposed to have that faith as a child, like, like a child where you get excited about, you know, well, one in the, in, the, in the aspect of the Bible of being about Christ and stuff like that. And that's something we should, you know, cling to and hold on to and get excited about. And too many people, I mean, you know, evil Christians, non Christians, whatever, you know, grow up in life. You know, you obviously have all the hard things that hit you and stuff like that. And we become a grumpy people. But it's like, you know, whenever I like interact with people that have had down, well, have had or have Down syndrome, it's like that doesn't control them. Like they still love hugs. They still and will talk to you nonstop and enjoy your company and stuff like that. It's like, you know, the thing about getting rid of all those people is like, I mean, they've, I would, I would say they've taught, you know, us normal. I say that in quotes because people can't see that a lot about being grateful and thankful for stuff. At least in my opinion. So I would hate to get rid of, well, I would hate to have something to get rid of the chance of having a kid with Down syndrome because they teach people a lot, I think. So no, don't experiment. (laughs) (laughs) Any other comments, questions, roundabouts, tangents? No, dude. No, I'm done talking. I'm done being like Josh. No, I'm not done being like Josh, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, stu- studying on embryos is a very, it's not a one-size-fits-all question-answer scenario. Uh, the Working on pure human embryos is a very moral, from a Christian point of view, very moral quandary uh, because you're playing with an actual human life. Yeah. Even even at the age of 14 days, you're like, oh, but it's not a fetus. I don't care that it's not a fetus from the moment it is the, the conception takes place, which is the moment that the egg and the sperm meet and Eat. the fertilization occurs, the genes from the DNA from both combine. That's life. There we got life. And I understand the the need for research and stuff like IVF and that. And how do you balance the two? You know, when it's something where it's being researched, where it's the potential of a life being born, you know, like they're going to try to implant the embryo to try to carry it to term. I understand that. Mm. But when it's, let me just see what I can grow in a Petri dish for 14 days. Right. That's when I start having issues issues with it. Yeah. The whole concept of hybrid chimeras is going to be something that we need to pay attention to sooner and more often.